Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. Daly Show. Welcome. And uh, glad you're hanging out and listening. Just park the car. You're going to want to listen to this. And of course, uh, you can go to kdallyradio.com. Over 2 point, almost 2.4 million downloads of the uh, podcast of the show. I love that. And we have listeners all over the world. So welcome to all of you. Big thank you to Chris Ann Hall for coming on and uh, always making fantastic points um, about our Constitution and about the headlines. And of course, go to mypillow.com. Make sure that you're going to mypillow.com and order up because when you order, um, what an amazing thing this is. Mike Lindell and I have partnered up and you can get some of the finest products in bedding and linen. I absolutely love these products. Um, My husband was just raving about the robe, in fact. Uh, Just amazing products. And you're helping Truth and Radio as well, helping this show stay on. And of course, uh, you're helping Mike Lindell as well. So it's really a threefer, which I love, right? Not just a twofer, but a threefer. Go to MyPillow.com. Make sure to put the code Kate in. And on some products, you can get up to 66% off. I mean, it's just amazing what he is doing uh, to help. And I love it. So go to MyPillow.com. You're going to love it. And if you have somebody in your family that snores, get the uh, blue pillow. The blue pillow is really the pillow for snoring. It actually stops snoring. Uh, You're going to love me for this one, aren't you? Uh, Make sure. And uh, it's the blue label, but make sure and go to MyPillow.com because you can't get it in stores anyway. All right. Put the code Kate. My uh, next guest is Simon Lee. And I met Simon at Freedom Fest. And we had such a wonderful conversation that I asked him to come on and speak to all of you because I think you're going to gain a lot from his story. And Simon, I welcome to the program, by the way. Hi, Kate. Hi. So glad you're joining me. Tell tell the audience just a little bit about you and your background. Okay. Um, I'm born and raised in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, I was columnist for a newspaper. Uh, recently closed down because of the government um, sanction. Um, the government did a lot of things um, trying to close down our newspaper since uh, many mm-hmm. years ago. Um, but until very recently, they've been putting a very a tremendous stress on us. Um, firstly, um, all our bank accounts were frozen and then... Uh, wow. They had police um, coming to the newspaper, and eventually um, the newspaper, the management, decided um, it was no longer safe um, to continue to operate. So uh, the newspaper closed down. But, um, yeah, I've been a columnist for the newspaper for 15, 16 years. And uh, I mostly uh, wrote about economics. I, mm-hmm. I wasn't even really about politics as much, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was my background. And I also, uh, um, I, I founded a think tank in Hong Kong um, uh, called the Lion Rock Institute with two of my friends uh, since 2004. And uh, but as you can see, um, these days, um, Civil society in Hong Kong was not um, very accommodative, mm-hmm. and we were pretty much uh, not doing much uh, because of the atmosphere. 
So mm. that's pretty much you know, it. You know, let's talk about that, though, because it was really getting to a fevered pitch, and then all of a sudden the world gets captivated by the cold virus named COVID. And so what happened when that happened in Hong Kong? Did it just shut everything down? Huh. Uh, because Hong Kong was a little different with regards to the COVID because in 2003, we experienced another, I would say, the prequel to COVID called SARS. Mm. Um, 2003 SARS almost brought down Hong Kong. Um, so when COVID came to Hong Kong, our first reaction was, oh, don't tell me this is the real thing and the second coming of the right. uh, the, 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 the end of the world. Mm-hmm. So um, at the very beginning, I think Hong Kong was in, uh, in a massive paranoia. Mm-hmm. Uh, people scramble for masks. People scramble for all the supplies, um, kitchen towel, uh, hand sanitizer, wherever they can get hold on to. And, uh, and immediately, um, Hong Kong was closed down, um, locked down totally um, before anyone else. So Hong Kong was the first one that was being closed down, locked down. And um, unlike the rest of the world, uh, Hong Kong is still being locked down. Is it? Wow. Till now. Wow. Yes. It's a long time. Holy cow. Um, and so, you know, this freedom movement, you were kind of reminding me that this actually started uh, over 20 years ago. I mean, I, you know, I think people thought yep. that it started very, a lot more recently. And if you'd like to talk about how that how that got started, how do you do that um, under, under such oppression? I mean, in, in a yes. lot of regards. Um, it started in... 2003, um, it was the first time Beijing instructed the Hong Kong government to legislate on national security. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a very sudden change in Beijing's attitude to Hong Kong because before 2003, um, Beijing had um, adopted a more or less a freehand approach to Hong Kong, even during the Asian financial crisis, Mm -hmm. beginning from 1997, uh, Beijing left Hong Kong alone. Um, But then suddenly in 2002-2003, Beijing changed its direction and instructed the Hong Kong government um, to legislate on the national security law. And there was massive protests. Uh, half a million people went on the street and the business sector protested and the government shelved the proposal. And we thought that might be uh, a victory for Hong Kong people. And that was when we started the Line Rock Institute, um, mm. the free market think tank, mm-hmm. because we thought there might be a need for a voice in society to remind sure. people how fragile freedom is. So uh, uh, for about 10 years or so, we had this uh, happy coexistence uh, between the China influence and our Hong Kong people trying to defend freedom mm-hmm. and 
um, our institution, including the rule of law and uh, free market. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another major milestone, major change, was 2012, and um, the government take, took another um, turn. Suddenly, in trying to introduce a change in the um, education system, mm. uh, they were trying to they're trying to introduce this moral and national education um, to um, secondary school mm-hmm. students. Um, culturally speaking, Hong Kong people uh, had a thing about education. They they think education is very important. We value mm-hmm. education. We think mm-hmm. it was a very essential institution of society and should not be uh, muddled with. Um, it should be free from politics. Uh, so you can you can see um, that was that was really a, a a a very important thing to Hong Kong parents. You know, we we think education is sacred. Right. Holy cow! Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, and and there was a, another protest broke out, and government again withdraw um, the proposal. Mm-hmm. And I think throughout all these years, Beijing gradually became impatient with Hong Kong. Um, given um, and and Beijing may consider the Hong Kong government being incompetent mm. in dealing with its people. So this was what happened in, um, I see. in the past few years. Wow. Beijing government took the issues in their own hands, and hence um, we've seen all these massive protests um, took place in Hong Kong. And you Anyone asked me what happened in the past few years with Hong Kong, I would say we were promised 50 years of autonomy. Mm. Hong Kong people ruling Hong Kong. Right. Um, it, you can be part of China, but you can also be highly autonomous um, running on your, your own affairs. But it seems Beijing had a different vision about Hong Kong. Yeah, so. Hmm. Beijing intervened into Hong Kong's affairs, and Hong Kong people resisted. That was pretty much the wow. what happened well, in the past two, three years. How did they get together to do that under the very watchful eye? You know, I, I'm looking at the January 6th people, and the people went into the building, they, they were waved in, and they were taking selfies. And, of course, they're being accused of being <laughs> terrorists, right? And so they weren't armed or anything. I mean, really, it should just be a trespassing charge, really. I mean, but they were waved in by the Capitol Police. But look how we're treating them. Look how they're being demonized and the FBI is just straight up lying. Look at what's happening in this country to demonize these people and hold them in uh, federal prison um, without even so much as anything, right? I can't, they can't get out. And and here's the deal. How did people do, because a lot of people are afraid to even get together now or go to any kind of rally because of this kind of heavy handedness going on how did people get together to to do protests wouldn't they have been shut down a lot of, yes a lot of things um, took place um, 
in in real life, but a lot of other things took place in on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, people were very creative, and mm-hmm. um, there, there was one thing that I I really want to share with um, all people all over the world. Mm-hmm. Hong Kong people work together on um, different movements and uh, campaigns. Very often, we don't know each other. Huh. It, it, it was on the internet. Everyone, everyone is anonymized. Mm. We don't know the identity of others. So uh, we work together in the sense that um, everyone deliberate, uh, proposed an idea, uh, proposed a reason why an idea worth uh, pursuing, and what it takes to execute the plan, and people discuss. And then um, I I can give you one example. Um, in 2019, July 1st, uh-huh. um, a group of people came up with the idea that uh, we might want to uh, we might want to run an advertising campaign all over the world on major newspaper hmm. um, to tell the world what happened. Okay. So. We have people who came up with design. We have people who came up with the copywriting. We have people who came up with uh, getting the uh, price, the quotation from different newspaper. We have people um, organizing the fundraiser, um, mm. the crowdfunding. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm going to stop you right there. Field, we're going yeah. to come right back. Okay. I, wanted, I want you to tell the rest sure. of this when we get back. Um, I'll be right back. Kate Daly Show. No I'm talking with Simon Lee. You're not going to want to miss this. And uh, we'll be right back. Kate Daly Show. KateDalyRadio.com. Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. Is it Thursday? Oh my gosh. Tomorrow's Friday. Glenn Beck's on tomorrow's show. Epic Times is coming on tomorrow. And uh, lots of guests next week as well. Lots of wonderful sheriffs sharing their stories, all kinds of things um, on how to how to protect, how to protect and uh, their citizenry. I also wanted to mention, get over to Balance of Nature. This is the product. If you're looking for a food supplement, and by the way, you should be. Uh, our our uh, food supply is utter crap. <laughs> if you even stack it against the rest of the world, it's pretty terrible. We actually need the nutrients from a food supplement at this point in time in 2021. Make sure that you're getting the very best product, and that is Balance of Nature. And make sure you have extra because it will keep. And you'll want some on your shelf. And if we have shortages, uh, you will have those nutrients. And I'm telling you, it is so worth it. Make sure you get over to balanceofnature.com. Balance of Nature. Read all about the product, all the information their videos, everything, and even the process by which they make it, which is pretty amazing. And then um, you can take three uh, veggie caps and three fruit caps a day. It's 31 fruits and vegetables. They even have a a fiber drink that goes along with it. Just make sure you put in the code KATE, K-A-T-E, when you get to Balance of Nature. Um, That will give you the savings. That will give you the free shipping, is put in the code KATE, K-A-T-E, balanceofnature.com. I love those guys. Uh, My guest is Simon Lee, and we were just talking uh, from Hong Kong. 
Kong. We were just talking about what's been going on in Hong Kong and how they have done it. How have they um, kind of, uh, you know, rebelled against this, the, the, the you know, the, the oppression that is consistently served up around the world. But it's been Hong Kong's been very interesting to watch. And you were just talking about getting online with people that you don't even know and coming together to uh, to get information on paper. Right. I love this story. Yes. Yeah. And and I think one of the one of the um, biggest lessons we learn is um, firstly we assume um, every conversation is being listened to. Yeah. And so we do everything under sunlight. And um, at the point of time, whatever we did was perfectly legal at the point of time. Um, that was another reason why Beijing and Hong Kong government uh, kept changing the law and made it more uh, restrictive over mm, time. Um, that was because we we were actually perfectly legal. And then they was, okay, if you, um, if you do that, it, it was not good. So we would change the law, so made it illegal and retrospectively. Mm. Um, another thing that we, we learned was um, it, we do not, trust people. We trust the idea. It was the idea that makes sense. It was mm-hmm. reason that okay. we believe in, not the, not the people. Um, we don't even know who they are. And thirdly, um, I think it was very important as well was um, we might disagree, but when we disagree, um, so be it. Um, people do have different ideas. They they might have a different take. Um, mm-hmm. So when we disagree, uh, we went separate ways, but we were trying to, actually we had a healthy competition in a way. <laughs> so it was not only a movement that everyone works together, but we also compete in, in the realm of ideas. So mm-hmm. that was the beauty of the whole movement. If you look at it right at the, at the micro level, look at how people deliberate how people compete and cooperate at the same time it was just beautiful i love i love this and 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 you made such a a striking point just now that i hope people picked up on was you weren't looking for a leader you didn't need somebody to guide you it was more or less coming together uh, anonymously and the sharing of ideas to form these groups because this happened in East Germany too. This is how it happened. There was no leader. It was more or less groups coming together and they would even have a person from each group go and talk to another group and no one even knew who that person was. I mean, they really kept it on the down low. And so I find it striking when you when you say, you know, there's no leader. There was no, no one person to, to guide us through that. And I think the idea of democracy isn't really about the majority suppressing the minority. It was like everyone could have a say. And if you disagree, you don't have to be subjugated to the will of other people. Hmm. Everyone, everyone will just do their own thing. And I think, I think this is, this is essentially what democracy is about. Democracy is not about um, having a majority and then deciding everything, um, that was a tyranny in disguise. Mm-hmm. Um, democracy means you always have the right to say no. Right. I, I think mm-hmm. that is very important. Yeah, 
Absolutely. It's funny because over here as a republic, we always, all, the government keeps referring to us as a democracy and, and a republic is a democracy within the republic and then the republic is your representation and it's so different. I hope we can hold on to it. It's supposed to work really well when uh, people are not co-opted. <laughs> and so we have a, a huge degree of co-opting in this country of our, our elected officials. And so a lot of people here think they, I think we like the, the our idea of the fact that we think we have a ton of freedom, but at the end of the day, we don't anymore. And it's been uh, truly uh, kind of like slice by slice been, been, been taken. And what was the catalyst to the point where Hong Kong finally, finally went, now, wait a minute, we're fighting back. We're, we're, <laughs> this is not okay with us. What was that catalyst? Um, it was in 2019. Um, mm-hmm. um, as I say, China um, tried to impose more and more executive decisions on Hong Kong. And there was one point that China, and actually it was the Hong Kong government said, how about we have an extradition law with China? So when China requested someone to be sent uh, to China for for trial, we would just send people there. So effectively, that's the backdoor legislation to Hong Kong, right? Whenever China says, oh, I want this guy, just send him to Beijing. <laughs> anyone would be endangered. So Hong Kong people was like, no, that was enough was enough. <laughs> and we have all these executive decisions, right? But now you are basically right. in wholesale manner, put the entire Chinese mainland law you know, superimposed on Hong Kong. That's not okay. Mm. But what happened was eventually, um, even without that extradition bill, um, we had an even more draconian version of that now. Uh, so, um, wow. um, in a way, you, in a way, the national security law is um, is effectively the same thing. Um, anyone who deemed to be a threat to national security can be tried in China. Wow. So, and whatever they define as national security, then there are Mm -hmm. 14 different areas of national security. So, (laughs) yes, I'm not kidding. They (laughs) define national security in very minute details. So, um, that was, why I decided it might no longer be safe for me to remain in Hong Kong. Sure. And I left. Yeah. Wow. So how do they, how do people over there view the media and the government? I I look at the people here. There's a a segment of society here that's all in and loves to be brainwashed, I guess, and absolutely loves the control. They don't think anyone can make a decision for themselves because they actually encourage more and more government. What is that like in in China? I mean, do people believe in in this kind of force and coercion, or do they just put up with it? Do they know their media is lying to them? I don't think we have figured that out over here. Um, well, when you have such an over the top uh, propaganda machine, uh, mm-hmm. I can understand why people will find it uh, hard to uh, hard to had to question the government. But what happened in Hong Kong was um, things just cannot add up. The 
the, the, the whole picture presented to us was the government always lied. And mm. now it comes to a point that we, we assume the government is holding something or not being totally mm. honest. Um, it, it made the government very difficult to function as well. So I, if there's anything I, I, I would love to tell um, uh, anyone in, in the United States, that would be um, go either way, like 100% believing in the government versus what we had, like 100% into assuming the government lies. Mm-hmm. Um, both ends will make it very difficult for society to function. But uh, I err to the side that let's play safe, right? Assume mm-hmm. the government lies. And right. if they don't, uh, fine. But I don't believe in everything the government says. That's, yeah. my, that's my safe thing. <laughs> how, do, how do the Chinese... How do the how do the folks in Hong Kong feel about America and Americans? What do they see about us? Uh, remember, uh, like, I think a lot of uh, listeners when they saw on the news, uh, sometimes uh, in our protest, we had uh, some of the protesters uh, holding American flags, yes, and uh, also the the, um, the British flag, mm-hmm. but. Um, I don't know. Part of that was uh, to provoke the mm-hmm. the sensational Chinese. That right, right. Some of the very patriotic Chinese they were like so annoyed by that. But um, in okay. general, I think Hong Kong people they they know that uh, it is our fight. But um, but on the contrary, uh, I have a reflection. Um, it, in the past week, when we were at the Freedom Fest, uh-huh. there was one session, uh, a gentleman who talked about um, all the things that is going wrong in mm-hmm. the United States. Mm-hmm. And he talked about how great the Chinese government wow. was in dealing with a COVID, the economy. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, it was nominally a communist party, but you know what? The United States was also a socialist country. And I was in the audience, and I was like, "Hold on, yeah. two wrongs do not make one right." Yeah. But the fact is, you can be here in the United States to talk about what is going wrong Amen. in the nation. That means we have a chance to correct ourselves. Good point. The beauty of the United States is we can always find a way out by through because we we have the freedom to do so. If you go to China, I I really wanted to challenge that gentleman. I bet. If he could stand in the street in Beijing, Mm -hmm. handing out leaflet for 15 minutes without the police um, arresting him, Mm -hmm. I would shut up for the rest of my life. I would just (laughs) shut up if he could do that. You're so right. I'm pretty sure in five minutes, she will be taken to a police station and questioned. You are so, so right. No, you really so are. I was like, it's a great point. What, what, what do you talk about? And, and the beauty of this nation is really freedom. And mm-hmm. we must cherish that. And Keep not it. freedom for particular person, but uh, freedom for everybody. Mm-hmm. And 
once you protect freedom for anyone, you protect freedom for everybody. That That's the beauty of it. Absolutely. And here, you know, I love your point, by the way, and you're right. You're right. And we have so many wonderful things here and, and ways out if we can learn to work together to figure this out, uh, to grab our, our liberty back, um, because it's been it's been taken in a lot of slices, but we still are um, able to hand out leaflets for 15 minutes on a street corner. And what you're saying is exactly right. And, you know, talking about freedom and free speech, I mean, look at you. I mean, your your career has been in putting out information and ink, you know, your newsletters and, and these types of things on the on the Internet. And I love that. It really does come down to the freedom to do that. And that's what can help a people understand kind of how to get out of that or, or where they're at. I love that. Um, yeah, and I think um, another thing is this is exactly what the Chinese government wants people to believe in. That mm-hmm. is, China is better, greater. Right. And, China, and Beijing has a better way in running the world than the United States. Mm-hmm. So this is exactly what the Communist Party of China wants people to believe in. Yes, and you're right. How can we have someone in the Freedom Fest to believe in that? I, I, I just cannot comprehend I don't it. know, because it was filled with libertarians, and I can't... <laughs> I can't, conservatives, constitutionalists, I can't wrap my brain around that. Um, Simon Lee, thank you. Uh, it's been really interesting my talking pleasure. to you. Really interesting. And uh, I'll be right back on the Kate Daly Show. Don't go anywhere. KateDalyRadio.com. We have more to discuss. Don't go anywhere.